Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. Fat Tuesday, one of my faves. I love a Fat Tuesday. A Fat Tuesday. I'm never, I even like a Fat Monday. (laughs) Like, I don't mind a Fat Thursday. Ain't nothing wrong with a Fat Saturday. But a Fat Tuesday. But a Fat Tuesday is an official eat every, like, it's the holiday for the gluttons. It is. Eat it all. Because we really do participate in Fat Tuesday. We do. But what we don't do is the rest of the, Ritual, which is then fast during Lent. Oh God, no! Oh, oh no! I just need. Oh, no, <laughs> I didn't oh, want so to do that. <laughs> no. Oh golly! You might be allergic to the fat. Oh today. wow! That was crazy. Yeah, that was really crazy. Podcasters' worst nightmare. <laughs> The sneeze trying to come out. What? Cannot do the sneeze. It's so hard. Anyway, yeah, you're right. We don't we don't follow up the Lent process of of do enjoy giving Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) And what 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 did we used to have? Maundy Thursday. What what was that? I don't think that was during Lent, was it? Oh yeah, that's all part of Lent. It all leads up to because we had a big pancake dinner at church. Yeah, and then there's Shrove Tuesday and. We did it all. We did it all. When the and now we church. just do the fat stuff. Now <laughs> we participate in Fat Tuesday. And what better thing to make on Fat Tuesday than a king cake? I am so excited. I hope our listeners are familiar with the king cake. But if not, the king cake is a traditional thing that is served in um, New Orleans during Mardi Gras. And Fat Tuesday kicks off Mardi Gras. And it no. is. No. Fat Tuesday ends, the end ends Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. Because you wouldn't be having Mardi Gras during Lent. I don't know why not. I think think it'd be a great idea. Darn it. Darn it. Um, This king cake is the one you probably are familiar with at least the cake where people bake the baby in it. And then whoever gets the baby gets the luck. And next year, that person is supposed to make the the king cake. Right, right, right. I'm not. They frown upon that now. Now they say don't bake the baby in the cake, but put the baby underneath the cake. Yeah, because, you know, with the lead and the, the plastic and the, and the choke you know, hazard, the choke hazard, breaking and, your tooth, you know, oh, there are all kinds of just so it's many, a safety thing now. So many rules. I know. And then I went on Amazon to order the baby to put underneath the cake for the luck. It was like I had to order 120 freaking babies. No, we don't need that. We won't see that many Fat Tuesdays in no, our life. <laughs> and it's freaky. How many? How many Fat Tuesdays do you think I'm going to celebrate? I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe so, they thought you were going to make a whole bunch of king cakes. I'm not doing any kind of baby <laughs> in this king cake. I'm just going to say we're I'm all sure going to have it's luck. really bad luck, but whatever. No, it's good luck. It's got to be good luck. A king cake is basically like a, almost like a cinnamon roll cake kind of situation where I'm going to make up a of bread, and then I'm going to put some cinnamon and sugar and butter, and I'm going to roll it 
like you do a jelly roll and then, and then you snake it around. So it's like a circle and then you cook it up. And once it comes out, you put this nice glaze on top of it. It's like a white glaze. Mm -hmm. And the the way you know, it's a king cake is you decorate it with these beautiful sugars that are green and yellow and purple. Nice. It's just fantastic. I know. And I'm excited about this particular recipe because in reading how you put it all together, do you heat butter, sour cream, it's butter, sour cream, sugar, and salt. And you heat that up in a pot on the stove. So I've never cooked sour cream that way for any kind of dessert ever, ever. And then you do your yeast mixture, which is your yeast yeast and your yeast, your sugar, and your hot water. And once you've got your sour cream butter mixture, so the butter is melted and it's kind of a little bubbly, but not it's hot, but it's not super hot. You put that into your mixer and then you pour your yeast mixture in. Mm. That yeast has to rest for five minutes for it to start to become active. Yeah. And it gets all bubbly. Bublé. And it looks fun. It's very Michael Bublé. Bublé. So you stick that into your mixer and... This one says you also put your eggs in, but because everything is hot, I don't, I'm worried about that. So I think what I'm going to do is temper it. I'm going to put my flour in and a little bit of egg. Okay. Flour in a little, so we don't get a scrambled egg situation. No, I don't want to do that. Anyway, that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm up to. That's awesome. It doesn't. I'm excited. I think the biggest challenge for me is having to roll it out with that rolling pin. And the reason why it's a challenge is because I don't have a mat. So it's always hard to tell. So what what you and I have done very cleverly is we have pieced together some parchment parchment paper taped together to the size we need. Yeah, but is that the clever way? Because the tape doesn't seem like it wants to really stick because there's some, you know, there's like the non-stick stuff that's on the parchment paper. It's going to be a challenge. I just hope we don't get tape in the cake. Then after that, I don't care. Oh my God. That's the new baby. If you get tape in your cake. I don't think it's healthy to bake the tape in the cake either. If you get tape in your cake. I don't even know what tape is made from. (laughs) Like, I have no idea how they make tape. I don't either. Uh Uh-oh. Oh gosh. Here we go. Well, all this talk about babies and cakes makes me want to go to bed. Oh my. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I'm going to get to go in on my mixture and you can get to go in on whatever you've got going on. I have a murder to discuss. All right. Murder. I was hoping. This is one of those murders that I looked it up and I was interested in it and I got to reading it and and then I was not interested in it. So I looked for another murder. (laughs) Then I started that murder and in in my nighttime rest, a voice came to me and said, that first murder needs to be done. Uh-oh. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. Oh, so we're... I got. I went back to the original murder that I started. And where's that one located? It's in Amity, Maine. In Maine. Yeah, because you had said I'm in Virginia. So you, yeah. And now you're back in Maine. Uh, it's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. So I went and I'm trying to think why, 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 why. And I think I figured it out. So. Oh. I think I figured it out. Well, we've so. always said that this is a very spirit-driven podcast. It definitely is. And I and I think it's important for this story to be told. And I think it's important to bring it to the forefront. And we're going to talk about it. All right. Let's, let's talk about it. Okay. Oh, here I go. All right. So we're in Amity, Maine. And I'm going to tell you about Amity, Maine. It is so small. 
the 2010 census recorded a population of 238 people. Holy cow. That's, that's very legal. small. Um, 65 families. Come on. I mean, it's crazy. It's I mean, you're small. like up on every, you're in everybody's business. Yes. Now it's kind of rural, but it's 41 square miles. So it's not a huge town, Mm-mm. but you know, there's some space. People right. have some space. Sure. It's, you know, that's nice. I agree. It sits in the northernmost county of Maine. So okay. it's very close it's to oh, Canada. <laughs> so it's very close to Canada. The median income per family is $26,667. I don't know how they live. What, what, what year was that? 2010. Jesus. Right. That wasn't like the, the 1800s. Right. I don't know what's going on up there, but they live a very simple life. They're a very close-knit community. And there is a cannabis farm and shop there. Oh, so I don't know if that's where most people make their money. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) From what I can tell, though, after your research and looking into this in a deep depth sort of way, you don't know. I don't know. Uh I don't even know if I know. Okay. Or if I don't know. All right. So I'm going to talk about June 23rd to 2010. 2010s, around nine o'clock in the evening, the brother of Jason DeHaan. Oh, mm-hmm. so I think sometimes spirit jokes around with us because they give us names, but oh they're like, gosh. she's going like, to butcher a bad name. So I'm very sorry for the Jason DeHaan family <laughs> because I know that I'm butchering your name and it is absolutely <laughs> not my intention at all. So anyway, the brother of Jason stopped by the residential trailer of Jeff Ryan. Jeff and Jason were best friends. And you say residential trailer. It's their home. Somebody's home. It's home. It's a home. It's a trailer that's a home. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. The reason that Jason's brother stopped by is because Jason had not been heard from since early in that morning. And he was known to hang out a lot with Jeff because, like I said, they were best friends. Besties. Jeff was a 55-year-old Vietnam vet. And Jeff Ryan, thank you for your service to our country at a very horrible time in our history. And he shared custody of his 10-year-old son, Jesse. All the J's. Oh, it's Jesse, Jeff, and Jason. Yeah. It's crazy. No, <laughs> Jenga. Just <laughs> thinking about <laughs> So, anywho, when Jason's brother got to the home, it seemed quiet and Jeff's truck was not there, but Jason's was. Jason's brother knocked on the door, but there was no answer. So he kind of peeked inside the door, oh. which was which was open. Right. It was unlocked. So he just kind of cracked it open. Hello. 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 And he sees the bloody body of 10-year-old Jesse. No. Like No. I know. What is the matter? Oh, Atlanta. I know. I know. And that's one of the reasons why I was like, I can't do this murder again. I can't. (laughs) My sister's going to kill me. Yeah. So anyway, Jason's brother immediately called his dad and said, you got to come quick. And then hung up and called 911. Right. So the police arrive and they go into the home. And they see that little Jesse had been stabbed several times. Wow, wow, wow. And there was no one else at home. Police start combing the property for evidence and they find the body of Jeff out by a woodshed on the property. Hmm. He had also been stabbed and was deceased. Wow. So they start combing the property for evidence. What the hell's going on here? And they come across a third body down by a brook. And this was Jason DeHaan. 
Oh, three of the J's. Oh, oh three, three of the J's, the J's gone, gone, wiped out, gone. Just like that. He had been stabbed and his throat had been slit. Lord of mercy. So police then had to call little Jesse's mom and notify her that her 10-year-old son had been brutally murdered. Um, Jesse had just recently returned to stay with his dad for a while. They had shared custody. Right. And needless to say, Jamie Merrill, who was Jesse's mom, was devastated. Another J. I'm not kidding. What in the world? Wowee. She was devastated and she goes and makes a public plea to please help find the person that's responsible for taking her son. Mm. So police collect fingerprints and DNA at the scene. Of course, they process the scene and they put out a bolo for Jeff's 1989 Ford F-15. And that was missing. Mm -hmm. And the small town of Amity was shocked and fearful. Mm. This is this little teeny town. And they've got three of their own people that have been brutally murdered wow. all in one, all at one time. And I don't think this town had seen murder. No, I'm sure they were all saying, what the hell? Yeah, well, they were very scared. And neighbors actually started answering their doors with loaded weapons at their sides. Now, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. Because they were they were scared, especially the people that lived around sure. this trailer. Like oh, I would have been. Because they said they never heard of anything. No nothing. sounds out of the ordinary. Nothing. Wow. Um, the coroner said that the murders had taken place that morning. And this is at night. Okay. Remember? Right. And so they knew that they the bodies had been there for a yeah, little bit. for the day. Right. For they had been there for the day. So nobody could believe this had happened. This community was more like a village than a town. Mm-hmm. I mean, you knew everybody. Well, I'm scared for them too. I'm yeah, scared for I would them. be scared too. Especially if my name started with a J. I'd, I'd be, be like, like oh, taking Lord of mercy. Exactly. A week after the murders, Jeff's truck was found about 15 miles from his house and it had been completely burned. <gasps> That's always sinister, isn't it? Very sinister. Yeah. So a witness um, had come forward to explain that they saw a certain truck parked on the side of the road, this road that they said, this is the road. I didn't write down the name of the road. It's just road. Road. <laughs> this is <laughs> so all you need to know. They, they witnessed a male that got out of the truck and walked into the woods with a container in his hands. A, a container. A container. Oh, the container appeared heavy and full of liquid Oh, because the man was walking carefully not to spill the contents of this container. Okay. So he's like walking with this big plastic container in his hands. Gold. It's liquid gold. I don't, I think it wasn't liquid gold. Okay. So, and then they saw the truck, the truck who was being, that was being driven by the, another man. Right. Pull off and leave the guy that walked into the oh, woods. So there were two. There were two men in this truck. Two men. Maybe they actually just... recognized the truck. Now you've got to remember a town of sure. 230 people. You're, you know what everybody drives. Yeah. And they said, oh, I think that was one of Robert Strout's trucks. Oh. So police said, huh. So this all happened um, very near. This whole like situation was very close to where they actually found the truck. Okay. So they kind of start putting two together. Right. Not two, but, but two and two. And then they got four. Right. And then that's what they got. Right. So, but there were only three. No, there were because they're four J's. Because Jamie is Jesse's mom. Oh, she right. didn't get killed. Right, right, right. But she's a J. Right. I'm just wondering what the heck's in the container. I can't. Is it a sourdough starter, do you think? Mm-hmm. Maybe a sour? Because those are very precious. I think it was some kind of a, a plain kind of a 
a flame fuel. Oh, see, now I didn't even think I would not be a good investigator on this case because no. I automatically like was thinking it's a sourdough, sourdough starter. starter. Yeah, no, Those that's are precious. And maybe you would kill for that if it was an old family recipe. And you'd be like walking through the woods with gotta, that container. Right. I got to save the recipe. Right. Yeah, you're fired. Oh, gosh. So investigators go and pay Robert Strout a visit. Not, not, not Robert. Let me tell you about Robert Strout. Okay. Okay. I have to kind of weave this little web. Okay. Weave it. Yeah. Is that the ice cream man? No. Somebody's car alarm is going (laughs) off. I wanted the ice cream man so bad. Were we going to stop the podcast? Yes. Yes. Going right to the ice cream man. From the top floor to the bottom floor and our bare feet. Yes. (laughs) Running out there with our dollars. I don't even think I have a dollar. Uh, well, I know I don't. I was hoping you had some cash. I don't have any cash. I have a gift card. Oh, I'm sure he'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> What's it a gift card to? It's just like a Visa gift card. Oh, he'll take it. It says happy birthday on it. Oh, he'll think, oh, they didn't even think knew it was my birthday. Yeah. 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 Okay. Back to my story. Yeah, nut. Okay. So Robert Strauss' daughter, Tamara, shared a 16-year-old daughter with Jeff Ryan, uh, one of the J's. Huh. Okay. All right. Her name, Mariah. Not even close to a J. No. So at the time of the murder. So tell me again, who had Jesse? Jesse was the son uh, of Jamie, who didn't live I know, in I town, know. and Jeff. Okay. So Jeff has a second. We got a second person, a relation. And he also had a 16-year-old daughter with Tamara Strout. Okay. So we got a daughter, a dead son, and now we got a live daughter. Yes. And a Tamara. And a Tamara. So the day after the murders were uh-huh. discovered, the, the TV news from, I think it's Bangor, Maine. Oh, right, right. I think, I'm familiar with that area. Yeah. Are you? Are you? <laughs> <No>. shocked. <laughs> um, so I think there were some different news stations came to this little teeny town because word got out and they were just trying to figure out what was happening. Well, sure. And they were covering it. And in one of the TV interviews, they actually interviewed Robert Strout's wife, Joy. Oh. About the murders. They actually were in her home at her kitchen table and she was talking and she's the one that told reporters how devastating the loss was to her daughter, Tamara, and her granddaughter, Mariah. Mariah. And at the time, they had a house guest named Thane Ormsby. Thane. Thane. Oh, my. Thane. Interesting name. He didn't participate in the interview, but he was there while Joy was answering questions and talking about the murders and what the impact of the to this little town was. Tamara had actually told people in town that she and, oh, I said Jesse. That's awkward because Jesse was 10. She and Jeff were rekindling their old relationship. Uh, and they were actually considering a reconciliation and getting back together. Oh. I know. So when police go to talk to Robert, they notice some footprints in the driveway and near the porch that looked a lot similar to the ones that they saw near the burned out truck of when they found Jeff's truck. Oh, I wonder what the similarity was. I don't know, but thankfully they were smarter than you. Right. And they took impressions at the scene of the truck. Right. And then they were like, these look familiar. They took impressions of those. Oh, that was very smart. Aren't they smart? So they took impressions and they knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. knock. Strout, not home. Joy said, nah, he left to go to New Hampshire to see our son, and he'll be back in a couple of days. Police said, we'll be back to talk to him. When he came back, they went out to visit him again, and they said, so where did you go? 
And he said, I went to New Hampshire to visit my son. Oh, that adds up. Did you go alone? Yes, I did. Okay. By now, police are a little bit suspicious and curious about Strout's movements after, because, you know, the witness had seen his truck near where the burned out, the burned out truck was found. So, and there was another person involved, you know, because that person had gotten out of the truck and then he left the person. So they were like, well, we're interested in seeing what you're doing. They keep pressing him and finally Strout caved. And he told them that one day he was sitting on his porch and Thane Ormsby (laughs) came walking. No, that was dumb. I said he came walking out of the woods on his bike. Oh, wow. Wow, he is very, very talented. Well, I've seen people yeah, on a bike. I mean, I've that done it. Their- I've done it. <laughs> but I didn't want to pedal. Right. You know, and I've done it, uh-huh. but I don't think he was doing it. I think he was either walking his bike out or he was riding his bike out of the woods. I don't know which one it was right. because I've I've put both the scenarios <laughs> into one that don't make any sense. Okay, all right. Whatever. <laughs> he said that Ormsby kind of went around to the back of their house, but as he was going around. Strout noticed that he had blood on his shirt and pants and shoes. That's what, a lot of blood. When, when did he notice? This is, As oh, and so we've not woods. questioned Robert yet. This is the this first is time. Strout, we're, where this is the first time we're questioning Strout, okay. Robert Strout. Right, right. Okay, got it. Okay. So Strout says, okay, I'm on the porch. I see him coming. I don't know. There was something with the bike. And then he's got blood on him. Right. So Strout went around the back to see about Ormsby. Like, what the hell? This guy's covered in blood. And he said, I just killed Jeff Ryan and I killed them all. Oh, wait. So Strout then left and went to New Hampshire and didn't tell police about that? What I'm the hell? That. I'm getting to that. <laughs> My heavens. So, and this is what Strout is telling police. Oh. Okay. So at that point, Strout says that Ormsby threatened Strout if he if he didn't help him cover this up. <laughs> okay. He said, if you don't help me, I'm going to kill your whole family. Okay. So at this point. And tell me again, I'm sorry. How old is, is Ormsby? Ormsby. Ormsby. 20. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's my thing. Right. So Strout is this man, this grown ass man. Right. And he's got like, He's got a granddaughter who's 16. Right. So he's got to at least be in his 40s. Right. Right. Minimum. He's going to be like, oh, I'm scared of the boy on the bike. Yeah, this boy on a bike. That can't ride the bike, so he walks the bike. We don't know what the hell he's doing with that bike. The bike might just be following him. I don't know what the bike is doing. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, at that point, couldn't you just be like, okay, I'll help you. Let me go inside real quick. Come out, get your gun, and shoot the right. Like, do something. something. Yeah. But don't be like, oh, I'm scared. Okay. Right. Something ain't something ain't right, Robert. Okay. So this is what they did. Your dog already licked his bowl. Um, What's his deal? I don't I don't know what his deal is, Sugar, because I don't speak dog. Every time we talk about this, I feel like <laughs> I've got to mention to you that I don't actually speak dog. All these years and you still haven't learned that I language. Learned, I haven't learned it. Okay. So this is what he said. Um, Ormsby said he had taken Jeff's truck and they had to get rid of it. Oh, so Strout took him to Tamara's house. Okay. Okay. Where Ormsby walked into Tamara's house. Now, Ormsby walked into Tamara's house. Just walked in. Walked in. And here's the thing. Strout let him. What if Tamara are in there? And this guy said, I just killed a guy. Is he going to kill Tamara too? He didn't know. He just waited in the freaking car. Oh. 
So how scared is he of this guy? He's not, not scared. Real. Not scared. So when he comes out, he only has his underwear on. <laughs> <laughs> Ormsby. Thing. Thing. It's just in his skivvies now. Get your drawers back on. Well, he had burned all of his clothes in Tamra's furnace. Well, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't bring a backup pair. He just like, I, I'm going to, nobody's going to worry about Nobody me driving around notice. in my skivvies. Nobody I'm just going to burn notice. these. Okay. Okay, and so then they go back and they get some clothes for him, and then they then they go and they that's when the people saw him parked on the side of the dirt road and and this dude with the sourdough starter <laughs> walking through the woods, right, right. and then he went and burned the truck, and that and Strout left him, and then later on came back to Tamara's house and picked him up. Right, so. They seem to be very friendly, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of fear right there. No, because I would have dropped him off and driven straight to the police station and said, "This is what just happened." A, go check on Jeff Ryan, and B, go get this mf'er who's going to threaten to kill my family. Right. And I let him go in my daughter's house, right, and, and burn his clothes and come out in his skivvies. So I'm real scared. Yeah. Anyway, and there's something about a bike. And I mean, why not drive him to the police station in his skivvies? Because what's he not? He doesn't have a weapon. No weapon. You're right. Not only that, but on the way home, Thane (laughs) said, by the way, I have the knife. I'm going to need to throw the knife in the water. So you're going to have to reroute me over to this bog. (laughs) They call it a bog. I thought like when I think bog, I think chicken bog. Mm. It's a dish. It is. So anyway, he threw the knife in the chicken bog. Mm. And then they went, huh? Well, they do the cranberries up there. Don't they grow the cranberries in a bog? bog. It's a bog. I don't know. They didn't say what kind of a bog. Mm -hmm. Then they go home and then Strout took Armsby, not Armsby, Armsby (laughs) to New Hampshire to hide out at Strout's son's house. Well, for heaven's sake. Yeah. He seems real scared. Exactly. Why didn't he take him to old Canada? I don't know. He could Our have his native there. land. We said we'd learn the second line. We got to. I did. Oh, did I you? just said. Dang, I didn't learn it. Remember, I told you that the police had collected evidence at the scene. They did. And then they got them footprints, too. And the footprints. They also um, had collected, there were some cigarette butts mm. in an ashtray. They had collected. That. Always a dead giveaway. Yeah. Always. Always. And then there were some. Um, there were some beer bottles sitting around. <laughs> got a little, yeah, some DNA. And in the they got the fingerprints off the bottle. Yeah. All came back to Ormsby. Very smart killer. Not, co- not correct. Police put out a, a warrant for his arrest. They know he's hiding in New Hampshire. So they did it as a fugitive from justice warrant. Ah. Right. Because they're still getting information back. In the meantime, so that was on July 1st. And on July 2nd, the Divers found the knife in the bog oh. and it was tied back to the murder. There you go. So now they've got get, the weapon. They've got the weapon. We got the fingerprints. We got the DNA. Now we just need to get the son of a bitch. Yeah. Sorry, mama. Exactly. And we have the story. And we got the we got story. story. Well, wait. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. I don't you know don't the why. motive getting there. Okay. Okay. So police go and arrest Ormsby. He's 20 years old. They charge him with triple murder. And they they finally sit him down to talk and he, you know, he hems and haws and takes a couple of cigarette breaks and you know how they do, just like putting off. And then he tells them, he confesses. I did it. So this is what he says. He says he killed Jeff Ryan because he thought he was a drug dealer. (laughs) 
Sorry. 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 Sorry, drug dealers. (laughs) (laughs) He said that he went over and hung out. And because Jeff had never met a stranger, he was a very nice, open guy. He let him in because he knew, kind of knew this Ormsby. And I'm going to tell you why he kind of knew this Ormsby, but that'll come out later. So he said that he hung out for a little bit. And when Jeff went outside to the woodshed, Ormsby followed him. They were chatting. Right. And Jeff turned around to get something out of the shed. Clear. I mean, must have been drugs. Clearly, that's where you hide them is in the woodshed. So when Jeff turned around to get something out of the shed, Ormsby stabbed him several times in the back. Mm. So he never saw right in the back. Right. Right in the back. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ormsby goes back into the house. Jesse is playing video games on the couch with Jason Mm -hmm. and Jason sees Ormsby and takes off running, runs out of the trailer. Jason didn't even try to protect old Jesse. He tells Jesse run, run Jesse. Okay. So, and I think what he was doing is he was trying to divert, divert him so that Jesse had time to get away. That was very sweet. And so according to Ormsby, he chases down Jason jumps on him, punches him a couple times and stabs him. Okay. Then he goes back into the trailer and finds Jesse running around frantic. And and the boy runs back to the bedroom and that's where um, Ormsby catches him and stabs him in the chest several times and kills him like an asshole. Yeah. Just a freaking asshole. So then he notices Jason Mm-hmm. Who was outside? Right, is not dead, and he's trying to get away. Oh gosh! So he chases him down again, and that's when he slits his throat and then drags him down by the brook because I guess it was like rocky down there, right? And he felt like he probably couldn't crawl out of that. Okay, in case the throat slitting didn't take. didn't right. So when police look into Jeff Ryan, there is no evidence of any drug use, any drug sales, any drug history from Jeff Ryan. So this is not a true statement. Jason's brother said, did he have, was he a baker? Did he enjoy a good sourdough? He did. There was no mention of a sourdough wow. whatsoever in this. Really whole thought entire, there was going to be a sourdough no. starter in this one. No. Huh. All right. So Jason's brother said that the real murder was that Ormsby had wanted to date the daughter of Jeff and Tamara, who was 16, Mariah. Uh-huh. Oh. oh, he had told people that he wanted to fix up Tamara's house and then move in with Tamara and Mariah and live there. This is Ormsby. Ormsby. Yes. And when Jeff heard about how Mariah had this 20 year old boyfriend that, that was friends with her mother and that he was an out of towner, first of all, second of all, he's, he was not. How very did he keen. even get into the picture? Like, where'd he come from? Tamara met him somewhere and brought him in town. Is what everybody is saying. Way to they go, blamed Tamra. it all on Tamara. Way to go. So Jeff was not happy with this potential arrangement and didn't want his 16 year old daughter living with a 20 year old man yeah, or even dating fig- a 20 year old man. Go figure. Exactly. That man had a little bit of sense. Right. None of the Strouts were charged in any of this. Really? The town, not happy. I'm sure. They said they're all up in this. Yeah. And I read a quote that said they're all up in this. Right. Quote. Quote. They're all up in this. All of them. Wow. I don't know about all of them, but Robert, for sure. For sure. So, Thane Ormsby, Ormsby, 
That's it. That's the right one. <laughs> he got three life sentences consecutive. <gasps> wow. And let me tell you something about Maine. Okay. Back in the maybe 1700s or 1800s or 1400s, somewhere in the hundreds, <laughs> they abolished parole. Wow. So you get a sentence. And that's your sentence. That's your sentence. And you have to serve every freaking day of that sentence. Because that's your sentence. Yeah. So they gave him three consecutive life sentences. And they didn't have to say without the possibility of parole because there there is no parole. parole. No parole. He's smart. That just makes so much sense. Yes. So the town. And they've never changed it after all these years. No, but there have been many. It's gone before legislation a lot. I think the last one was 2014. Hadn't been changed. Hasn't been changed yet that I could find. Love it. I know. They are the only New England state that does not have parole. I love that. I know. I don't have a problem with it. I don't don't change it. Don't. Let's let's make everybody don't do, do that. it. Don't, do, don't it. do it. So the town, of course, wanted the Strouts to pay for covering up the murder and helping Formsby. Right. Well, karma has a way of catching up to people. It does. It really does. So this whole thing happened in... July. And then I think it was by the time they went to trial, July of maybe 2012. Uh Nine months later, Robert Strout was arrested for selling opioids, opioids to his grandson. (gasps) What? Yeah. Naughty. So he was the drug dealer. He was the drug dealer. And he spent, so he spent two years in jail. Uh Okay. But you got to remember, he's not young. While he's in jail, his wife, Joy, died. Oh, no. Bye-bye. What happened to Joy? She died. Okay. I don't know. They just said she died. All right. Well, Joy didn't have anything to do with it. You don't know that. Well, you you don't don't know her. But if they're saying they all had, they all knew about stuff. She knew why her husband had gone to New Hampshire. She knew knew that he had taken Fane up there. True that. Up there, down there, over there, wherever they are. RIP, Joy, but damn. I know. I mean, and that's part of Robert's karma. Right. He brought that on Joy. He did. He brought it on her. Did he die? No. Shoot. I know. Many people feel very strongly. Many people. Many, many people in the town. And there's only 238 of them. Many of them. So I think at least 236 (laughs) of them feel very strongly that Ormsby did not act alone. No. As a matter of fact, Jason's brother said, that kid was too small to take out my brother and Jeff by himself. Right. So a lot of people think, again, them Strouts were all up in it. Right. But nobody was ever charged. Nothing was ever proven. And they didn't collect anybody else's DNA. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I will tell you that Jason DeHaan left behind three small children and a wife and parents and a brother who were and still are very devastated by this. I'm sure. Because they were one of those really tight-knit families where they all kind of lived really, really close to each other in this little teeny town. And they saw each other every day as a big family gathering. Right. The brothers and the parents, they would all get together, the grandchildren, everybody, every single day they saw each other. I love that. And she said that his mom said in the blink of an eye, it tore a hole in our family. Absolutely. You, how do you, you don't get past it. You You can't get past something like that when somebody steals a life from you. Yes. For no reason. No reason. No, no reason at all. So RIP 
to the three J's. Yes. Jeff and Jesse Ryan and Jason DeHaan. And poor little Jesse must have been terrified. Oh, and I can't. I don't even want to think about it. So he he died a terrifying, painful death at the hands of some 20-year-old asshole. Who has to walk a bike around. Can't even, can't even ride, a, ride bike. a bike. I mean, we don't know, but there's something something there so and couldn't even figure couldn't even decide why he killed the people like he he was like i killed him because he's a drug dealer no he's not no he just wanted to get with his daughter right and how'd you think that was gonna go he was just gonna move up in there with tamra i mean and and mariah and just like i guess boink the 16 year old while tamra was just fine with it yeah cool thanks for killing my ex and and my and my son Mariah's brother, by the way. Well, that was not Tamara's son, but it was Mariah's half-brother. Right. And Mariah's dad. Thanks for killing my daughter's dad. Right. They didn't have a bad relationship and they were they were, they were getting back together. Right. You big jerk. So anyway, that's my murder. And Thane is an asshole. Sorry, Mama. Well, you know what, Mama? If I'm gonna apologize, I'm just gonna say he's a fucking asshole. <gasps> so that I'm was really bad. It was bad, but if you if this just really irritated me. This mm. whole situation irritated me. Yeah. And I don't like it. And I, I just, RIP, those poor people, they didn't deserve it. A, Jeff was a, a Vietnam veteran. He had served our country. He should have not had to die like that no. at 55 years old. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And like you go to you Vietnam. Survive and you survive a war and then you get taken out by a 20 year old on a bicycle. On a no. bicycle who stabs you in the back because he doesn't have the Cayunas to do it to your front. Ugh. Exactly. And then he goes and kills your son, your 10 year old son. All for your son. And then your best friend. Like, what the hell is that? So, no. no. And he's not even from the town. He's an outsider. <gasps> That's so right. Yeah. So, uh uh-uh. uh. This town was rocked by this. I mean, can you imagine 238 people? That's no. like, that's like, a, that's smaller than our high school. I mean, our school was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like people at your work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got 200 people that, yeah, or on the same floor as you in, in your office, and or, you see them every day. And right, you know the car they drive. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. So, that is some crazy stuff. Sugar. Yeah, and I just feel like that the spirits wanted this told because of little Jesse. Mm-hmm. We can't forget that Jesse Jesse lost his life in this. He was playing video games. <sighs> like one morning, he's visiting with his dad. He gets playing up video morning, games. And- he's playing video games, hanging out with his dad and his dad's best friend, and they get along great. And they're just having like bro time. And this asshole walks in and just wipes them out. A thorn named Thane. Oh, gosh. He's Thane. Thane. I mean, what were they thinking? <laughs> that is. That is. Stupid. Theoretically. Ther- <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> you know, they're not. That's all. That's all. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Yes. So. All right. Let me tell you what I've got now. Yeah, um, you're busy and it smells good. Yes, like okay. That. that pairing is good for me. Um, you know, when you make a dough, you got to set it aside. It's got to rise. So we've risen. Rise up. We've risen. I've punched down. Punched. I've needed. I've needed. And now I've got my dough. Um, I've rolled it out. I've put butter. They call for sugar and uh, cinnamon and butter. I did brown sugar and cinnamon because I just like that concoction a little bit better. Me too. And I let those, oh, I rolled them up jelly style, did them like a snake and connected it, it's them. It's not a snake, sugar. It's a ring. <laughs> a ring. A two snake rings. goes like this. 
<laughs> don't do that. People can't see that. Oh, that's right. It goes. No, it you goes still can't. S. It's like an S. It's curvy. Right. No. So I made two rings. Yeah. And they've risen and now they're in the oven. Rise up above. And they're in the oven and they smell good. Oven. And that sour cream stuff that you did on the stove just smelled like savory and sweet. Yeah. My mouth watered. Watered. Yeah. You watered. So what is that? Let's take a quick little break. Okay. And you can do your murder. I'm going to do it. I have a murder to talk about as well. Okay. Break. Gosh, my skin gets so dry in the winter, I feel like a sponge out of water. Girl, you need to check out Whey. Whey Melrose Place Body Cream quenches your thirsty skin and leaves it feeling satin smooth. It's fast absorbing, so it nourishes your skin when you need it most. That sounds amazing. What kind of ingredients are in whey? Whey uses high-quality, nourishing ingredients like squalene, coconut oil, and kapuasu butter. Wow, I can't wait to check it out. Experience the new Way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code B-L-E-A-V to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Code Believe. I'm Dan. I'm Lou. And together we are Casting Views. An uncle and nephew chatting on random topics. Some heavy, some fun, but we aim to amuse. Don't miss out. Don't delay. Subscribe to Casting Views today. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor and Good Pods. All right, we're back. We're back from our break. Back from our break. Why are we singing? I don't know. That's what we do. (laughs) We're going to start a play. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. I know why, because my murder takes place in Oklahoma. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Oklahoma. We're good. Where the cows grow on the trees. Plains, fields. (laughs) It doesn't matter. We're in Elk City, Oklahoma this week. There's an Elk City. Elk City. so exciting. I didn't even know. Yeah. Well, there is Elk City, Oklahoma. Now you know. This this story takes place in January of 1983. Okay. And uh, year I graduated from high school. The the town of Elk City was on high alert. You graduated in 1983. Shut your mouth right now. <laughs> shut them. Shut them. Wow. Shut all your mouths. Wow. Did y'all hear that? She graduated high school in shut 1983. Up. Shut up. It's 2022. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, enough. You do the math. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now be serious. Come on now. In January 1983, Elk City, Oklahoma was on high alert because there had been a lot of robberies. Lots of robberies on the local businesses there. So part of the night shift when you're a police officer means that you got to drive by some of these local businesses to make sure they're yeah, doing all right. Absolutely do. Right? Right. January 5th was a very icy, cold night. There was some winter weather happening. Oh, winter weather. There was winter weather in Oklahoma. It was winter weatherland. Winter winter <laughs> weatherland. The roads were rough. Oh no! Yes, winter and the weather, weather roads were rough. Roads were rough, and rough the roads. oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell the freaking story? Oh. <laughs> okay. 
The roads were rough and the weather was messy. But despite the bad conditions, officer, or I shouldn't say officer, I, it's one place I did, Sergeant Stephen, I'm going to get the name wrong. I know I am. And it just makes me sad. Officer, no, Sergeant Stephen Mahan, M-A-H-A-N, Mahan. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Was determined to check on the well-being of the businesses in his community. And that's exactly what he was doing at approximately 1.30 in the morning when he pulled up to the Los Curatos Motel. Los, L-O-S, Curatos, I don't care, motel. (laughs) As he parked, he he began to get out of his car. And three men rushed him. One of them ordered him to put his hands up and to lay on the ground. And he complied. Oh, goodness. That man then approached him and shot him no. three times in the head. In the head? In the head. What the flap? That's it. Going on an done. Done. Over. Oh, sergeant. The man dropped the gun and ran. He dropped the gun? Well, it says that he dropped the gun. I don't know if that's a true statement. Well, that would be stupid. I don't know if he dropped the gun, but he ran. Okay, that I Let's do that. The hotel clerk, having called 911 when everything unfolded, and because he had just been robbed, or she had just been robbed, rushed to Sergeant Mahan and started CPR. And she continued CPR until the ambulance arrived. Now, unbeknownst to him, wait a minute. Um, oh, what 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 Sergeant Mahan did not know is that he had interrupted a robbery in progress at the motel. Oh gosh. And with injuries as serious as Sergeant Mahan's, they normally would take a helicopter. You'd be bring yeah. a life flight and you'd be flown to a trauma center. But because the weather was so bad they couldn't get a helicopter in. So they had to take him by ambulance. Unfortunately the icy road conditions made it really difficult oh for the ambulance gosh. to maneuver on the roads. That's so tragic. And they ended up having to pull over and do CPR on him um, before they ever made it to the hospital. Time they got to the hospital, he was dead. He had succumbed to his injuries en route. He was 30 years old. He left behind a wife and an 18-month-old daughter. Oh, man. At approximately 2.30 in the morning, two police officers officers in the next town over spotted a car with a cracked windshield and a busted taillight. They pulled that car over and asked the three occupants to step out. A search of the car produced bank bags and deposits from the Los Curitos Motel, a Model 66 Smith & Wesson, 357 Magnum revolver. That's all one thing. A Model 66 Smith & Wesson, 357 Magnum revolver. And a loaded 25 caliber. One gun? That's one. A model 66. Damn, they got a lot of guns. No, it's one. Oh, she's a lot. Model 66, Smith and Wesson, 357 Magnum revolver. Yeah, because I don't feel like you're listening. I am listening. I'm saying it's a lot of guns. What what is it? Just the one. What what kind of gun is it? A model 66, Smith and Wesson, 350 degree revolver. (laughs) Did I get any of those words? Right? Yes, but okay. everything but the 357 Magnum and a loaded 25 caliber pistol. All three men were frisked, frisked and cuffed. Frisked them, frisked them. Frisked. One of them had a 25 caliber automatic pistol in his pants pocket. In his pants pocket? A pistol in his pants pocket. You got a pistol in your pants pocket or you just happened to see me? <laughs> 
So they had to go to the police station. (laughs) Do you have a pistol in your pants? (laughs) Why don't you call the police? (laughs) It it wasn't until the officers got the three men to the police station that they found out not only had the men robbed the motel at gunpoint, so they didn't know. They didn't know. They had no idea. No idea, but they had also murdered their brother in arms, Mm. Sergeant Mahan. 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 The three men were identified as Bobby Ross, 24, Mitchell Henderson, 18, and Jerry Long, a mere 17 years old. Jerry, you starting out that at 17, 17. you got nowhere to go, buddy. Nowhere to go. Within a couple of hours after his arrest, Bobby Ross confessed to both the robbery and the murder. At first, he told him some story about, you know, we robbed the motel. We came out. I told the police officer to lay on the ground. And then we were going to run. And some white guy came out of nowhere and what? grabbed the gun and shot the officer. And just some we didn't stranger. Know, some weird white guy. A weird white guy mm-hmm. in a winter wonderland? Yeah. And the police said, huh? And he said, I, it was me. I did it. I did it. There was no, there was nothing else I could do. I had to shoot him. I didn't have a choice. Really? I, I feel like you did. I feel like there was a choice. You got up that morning and made some choices. Right. So I'm just saying you just made the wrong choices. Yeah, he he did real bad because also not only, of course, could the bank bags and the deposit slips be traced back to the Las Curitas Motel, but that Smith & Wesson Model Model 66. Smith & Wesson 357 caliber. Magnum. 357 Magnum revolver. Sergeant Mahan's service weapon and the 25 caliber pistol from the pocket was, in fact, the the murder weapon. The pocket pistol pistol was the murder weapon. That's preposterous. The medical examiner said that of the three shots to Sergeant Mahan's head, two were shot, two were fired from less than one inch from his head. Less Ah, than an inch. Come on, guys. One inch from his head. Can you imagine? That's just cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. Not necessary. It's not. It's just not necessary. No. Nope. They could have shot him somewhere where it just No, they didn't want, they him. had to kill him because he, he saw them. He seen them. But he didn't see them because they rushed him. Right. When he got out of car. That if they had just run in the opposite direction, he'd never seen them. They'd had a better shot, right? Yeah. Instead Except they killed they, this man. They had a bad windshield and a broken taillight that that was their ultimate uh, hence another choice that morning that you're driving that car around exactly that's right bobby ross was charged with first degree murder and armed robbery at trial he pled not guilty of course he did he pled not guilty it's a weird white guy that did it why would he do that why would he plead not guilty because he didn't, he's probably thinking, I didn't shoot him. I know, but guess what? It's a capital offense. I agree. You're there, you're done. Officer. You're there, you're, you're done. Do that. You're part of the crowd. You're done. You're done. Well, a jury of seven women and five men took just two hours and 15 minutes to determine or find Bobby Ross guilty on both charges. Good. They recommended Bob the Ross. death penalty for the murder. Um, and on October 21st, Bobby Ross was formally sentenced to 99 years for the armed robbery of the motel and to death for the execution style murder of Sergeant Mahan. Oh, super good. 
Bobby Ross appealed his death sentence to the court, but the appeal was denied. He then petitioned the Supreme Court to get his conviction overturned, requesting that the Supreme Court review the lower court's decision. In June of 1987, the court granted the petition, but then reviewed the documentation and in June of 1988 upheld the conviction and the sentence. Okay. In October of 1988, he filed another appeal with the district court. That one took until 1994. It takes a long time for them to review these cases, right? It does. 1994 for the court to deny the appeal. Wow. In December of 1994, he filed another appeal to the district court. The district court denied that appeal in March of 1995. The Court of Appeals also denied the request in March of 1997. Mm. A final appeal was filed and again denied in January of 1999. Bobby Ross was executed by lethal injection on December 9th, 1999. Hell yeah. He gone. He did. See you later. Goodbye. Bob Ross. Bye-bye. 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 Not bye-bye. 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 Mitchell Henderson was charged. Henderson, how old was he? He was the eighteen-year-old. Eighteen, Mitchell Henderson. He was all. He was charged with first-degree murder and robbery with a firearm. He pled guilty, and they reduced it to second-degree murder. He was sentenced to two concurrent forty-year sentences. I don't like it. I don't like it. He was released from prison in yeah. April of 2000, yeah. so he's not in prison. No. Jerry Long was charged with first-degree murder and robbery with a firearm. He, too, pled guilty to second-degree murder and armed robbery. He also got two concurrent 40-year sentences. And I couldn't find any updates on Jerry, but um, he initially went through the juvenile court system. So I don't know that I would have been able to find anything on that anyway. But I, I feel certain that he's no longer in jail either. Oh, no. If the other guy got out, he got out. Yeah. No and that's question. a story I have. Well, Sergeant Mahan, thank you for your service and RIP. Yes. And I will say that, in the line of duty. that Sergeant Mahan's family was at the execution. Good for them. Um, so they got to see that. Yeah. Jack like, has to go for the execution. Can you hold up signs like? You're going to burn in hell or Satan is waiting for you. Or I hope this takes a really long time for you to die. Oh, I don't know. Like, can you flip in the bird? I think they're very strict rules about what you can do. The whole window that you're looking at. I watched Grey's Anatomy. So fairly certain I knew the correct rules and regulations. Of the death penalty? The death penalty. Yes, Yes, there was one episode where a death penalty dude came in because he was hurt. He tried to hurt himself. Because he was like soon to be executed. Okay. And he wanted to stay in the hospital because the food is better. The food is better and he gets treated better, right? Okay. And they and he, I don't know. Anyway, he ended up not getting to stay in the hospital, even though he tried very hard. He was a very maniacal character, really messing with people's heads, but he was a serial killer. He invited Meredith Gray to come watch him. When yeah, he executed? got executed, yeah, because they connected on some weird level. Of course level. they did. This is why right. I don't watch the stupid show anymore. It's so this stupid. This has been a really long time ago. I'm sure that I was mad at that This episode. is when Derek Shepard was still alive. I'm saying I was probably really pissed at this episode. Probably. I probably turned it Anyway, all she ends up going to the execution. But I think they have really strict rules on what you can and can't do. And I don't I mean, no, I, 
I believe you could like scratch your chin with your middle finger. You could maybe, you rub know, your eye. rub your eye with your middle finger. That's not enough. You could. I want it to be. Pretend like you're getting something out of your teeth and do that thumb flick on your tooth, right? Whatever that means. I don't think that's fair. You could. Um, trying to think of other things you could do. But I don't yeah, think you, you could, could mouth it to me. Right. As long as you don't say olive juice or. Oh, my God. That'd be so confusing. What if he got. He was like, oh, I've got forgiven. No, I don't forgive you. No, I'm, I'm saying, saying F, F you, you. Not forgive you. Right. Yeah, no. So you'd have to come up with something that they really knew what you were saying. Yeah. I just need for it to be really obvious. Like, I want to wear a shirt that says. Oh, there you go. A t-shirt. This takes a very long time. You effing bastard. Right. Burn in hell. That oh, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you Nobody can take a thing like that. You. I hope I never get to know. I hope I'm never in a position where I get to be invited into that kind of a situation because that means I'm close to the person who's died. And I don't want that to Meredith happen. Meredith was not close. She was his doctor. I'm saying. She was his doctor. What I'm saying. I hear what you're saying, but she was his she doctor. She wasn't connected to the victim. She was the doctor of the killer. That's her the point. killer's people get to be there too, you know. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. I think they should have to die alone. No, they don't. No. Most of their victims die alone. I understand that, but there are rules and regulations. Which there shouldn't be. <laughs> right. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. There shouldn't be. Well, South Carolina, didn't we bring back the firing squad? Um, you have a choice. You, you get to make it. a choice because we're running low on the drug. Right. The so I don't think injection drug. I don't know if people so, can be present for a firing squad. I would think that'd be a little unsafe. Yeah. But Where do you even do that? Where do you go for that? I'm I'm sure there's a place in maybe just in the on the prison basketball court. <gasps> there you go. I don't know. And that would send a very clear message. Yes. To <laughs> it. It, really yeah, would. it really would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's a firing squad courtyard somewhere. Oh, labels, no smoking firing yeah. squad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Please pick up bullet casings on your way out. Oh, right. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. Duck, duck, duck and cover. <laughs> like, like when we worked on that Navy base and the airplanes would come in really low yeah. or you, yeah. there were walkways that you would go across. And if they were testing the engines of the airplanes, it would blow you off everything. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you were in your car. So it they, would blow yeah. your car into the other lane. Right. Mm-hmm. So you would, you would not be able to do that. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right. All right. Well, McKean cake's ready. Smells delicious. I cannot wait to put it in my pie hole. It just does smell good. It's something about that sour cream. I, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It smells like, it smells like a really yummy coffee cake. Yeah. And now this glaze calls for some lemon juice in it. And I did not do lemon juice. I did do a little bit of extra vanilla. Kella vanilla. Kella vanilla. With that good bourbon flavor. Mm-hmm. So, um, some people in our family don't enjoy the lemon. So I try to leave yeah, the lemon out when we're right. not making a specific lemon recipe. Because you don't true. want to throw somebody off thinking they're going to get a cinnamon something and they and get a lemon, lemon cinnamon. Oh, I that's can tell not you that okay. person that doesn't like the lemon, she would not have liked that no, at all. No. She'd have been highly offended. Yes. Highly. Agreed. Well, it's very festive, your cake. Your Thank cake you. looks beautiful. And I can't wait to um, Thank you. I can't wait to show people. I know. And I think we got a video. Yeah. I, I did some, some video. Stuff. I know. So I that was exciting. Video. Yeah. So I've I'll never that done together. that before. Well, we're going to start doing it. 
I think star. we should. Yeah, so people can see that we really are baking. It, we're doing it. We really are. We're doing making it, it happen. And this is what it, that's what it looks like. And I'm sorry we don't have smell of vision. So they can uh, smell what it smells like because yeah. that's the best. It is delightful. Yeah. It's delightful. Delightful. So, All right. Cut so us a piece. I'm going to cut us a piece. Oh, Trout wants a piece. Trout wants you a can't vacation. Have any. Trout wants a vacation. He, wants he probably to does. A long, a long walk off the short pier. Yes. Oops. No, you can't have this, buddy. It's not for puppies. Okay. Let's there you go. It. Ready? One, mm. two, three, go. You already did it. I'm so good. You did it before I'm, me. Well, because I'm, I'm not going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like counting and I don't even know how far you're counting. Mm, that is so good. There just isn't anything mm. better than warm cinnamon. I'm telling you, it's something so, it's like a warm hug. Yeah, it has a warm you, hug on this Mardi Gras. You throw that brown sugar in there. Yeah, like, get it. Throw brown it in. Sugar magic. Brown sugar isn't there a song? Brown sugar? I think the Rolling Stones did it. Sugar? I don't, I don't know. Brown dogs. Brown dogs, brown sugar. This is a keeper of a recipe, and we're going to have it out there. So if you want it, um, I, it was in a news article, but it turns out it came from my recipes. No. Yeah, all my recipes. recipes. All recipes? Um, all recipes? No, <laughs> I don't think it's so. My recipes? So. I never heard of a my recipes. Yeah, myrecipes.com. Oh, I'll be damned. Oh, he is being very, very. You are so naughty. All right. So we have social media. You yes, can check us out on Facebook, on our Facebook fan page. Just look for Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. We have a mm-hmm. regular mm-hmm. page and a fan page. If you want to join the fan page, we'll accept you. We won't turn you away. We don't turn anybody no. away. We cannot get enough friends. We can't. We cannot. You can send us an email and, and send us a murder to do. Send us a recipe to cook. Send us requests on what murder cases you want an update on yeah, for our 100th episode right. that's all coming updates. up very shortly. All, epi- all updates. Because this is right here is episode number 98. Oh, my God. Cannot I can't believe, believe it. it. I never thought we'd do this. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. Well, here's to a thousand more. Exactly. So our email address is murder.sugarcoated. At gmail.com. Yes. And Tell us about our Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram, we're at sugarcoated murder and you can follow us there and we post some stuff there and we converse with people and we say hi. And hi. Stuff. And then we're on Twitter at sugar murder. Sugar murder. Yes. We're on Twitter and that Twitter, boy, we are really. We're our Instagram it up. and our Twitter are really like. On up. fire. Yeah. We're on fire. Yeah. So and then I'll just say, let me just say this one thing before we go. Okay, just say it. Selena, we are thinking about you. Yes, we send you all of our love and we're filling you up with our love. Yes, filling you up with our love. Yes. Okay, we, if we, we had this, we'd send it to We do indeed. You. We love you. Hang in there, girl. And anybody else that's just needing some If you need some love, sugar-coated love, we're, we've got you. We're here for you. We've got you. We lift you up in prayer and wish you only happiness and joy. And positivity and light. Chicks and bourbon, if you have it. And if you need some bourbon. But we, if that's not what you do, that's fine. No, we don't want to pressure anybody. No pressure. No. No. And we just hope that everybody stays sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. Yes. All right. Bye, y'all. This has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. 
Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.